Hello, my fellow moths. I'm Luke, and welcome to Moth Mysteries. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the podcast. I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you have any paranormal or mysterious stories that you'd like to share, be sure to email me at mothmysteries at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and share your stories here. For my first series, It Follows, I will be sharing my worst paranormal experience that started in early childhood and has followed me to this very day. Now, this entity that I will be talking about in this series is by far the worst, most cringy, most evil entity that I have ever encountered. And over the course of my life, I have heard and read other accounts of people's experiences with entities just like this one. There's many theories out there as to what these entities might be, and we will touch on those. But I too will share my own personal experience Uh, theory as to what I think these things are. Another thing that I'm super excited about, in a later episode on this series, one of my absolute best friends, someone who I consider to be a sister to me, Mary Jane, will be joining us to share her personal experience in regards to this entity. Now, a quick backstory. On October 26th, 1992, I was born. I was born and raised in Groveport, Ohio, in a Christian household with two loving, amazing parents. And two years after me, my brother Brendan was born. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Groveport, it is a pretty small town in southeastern Ohio that is covered with many cornfields and patches of forest throughout. And for us kids, it was a pretty fun place to grow up. Now, my family was very family-oriented. We were always going out and doing stuff together, even with extended family. Lots of camping trips, which we love. So, it was quite traumatizing and shocking when all of this started because as a child, I just couldn't understand, you know, why this was happening when everything, you know, was going so well, I guess. So before we start, I'm going to give you a quick layout of the house that I grew up in because it is relevant to the story. So... We lived in like a ranch-style home. It was pretty small, but, you know, still a good house. It was just one story flat across with no basement. We had a front porch, which led right into the main living room. There was a hallway in the back of the house where the main three bedrooms were. There was a bathroom at the end of the hall. Next to there was my mom and dad's room. 
the room next to theirs we called the middle room, and the room at the opposite end of the hall was my brother's room. Now, when you first come in the front door and you turn to your left, the kitchen spans the whole front side of the house, where it leads to a second living room, and on the back of the second living room is another bedroom. Now, all of this started when I was about seven years old. It was one night, my brother Brendan and I were playing in our room, when all of a sudden our cats started acting very strange. They started making these weird noises and they were like hissing and growling. And then they started to attack this one spot on the wall right next to our closet. So for me and my brother, we were pretty baffled as to like what was going on with them because our cats had never acted like this before. And before you know it, they just take off running out of our room. And as I'm watching them run down our hallway, my brother exclaimed that there was something in the window. So I turned to look, and sure enough, there was a figure standing there, peering in at us. It had its large hands pressed against the window, and I remember its fingers being very long and pointed. It was a dark grayish black color, um, almost like slate. And I'd say the most disturbing part was its eyes. There were just these two large, empty, hollow sockets where it appeared that it didn't have eyes, except you could see this small reflective gleam deep inside, um, just like animals that you see in the night. And as I look, it looks right at me, and I instantly was fi- was filled with terror, like... I just instantly knew when seeing this thing that that it was evil and that, you know, it wanted to hurt us. But just in this moment, it bolts out of sight and then we don't see it. Now, as young kids, of course, we were mortified. We had never seen something like this before. And I remember my first thought was, oh, shit. You know, well, that was seven. Shit wasn't on my mind. But, yeah, I was like, oh, shit. We should probably tell our parents. But before I could, I then thought, well, we're just we're just kids. So they're probably not going to believe us anyway. So we decided not to tell them. Now, after this initial sighting, strange things started to happen in the house. And it seems like most of the activity um, was centered around our closet. Now, the closet in this room was covered by two large 
sliding doors. And on the inside of the closet, excuse me, was the entrance to the attic. Now the attic was literally, you just, it was like this square in the ceiling uh, piece of wood that you would have to push up and move over to the side to get up in there. And we started hearing strange noises, especially at night, um, like knocking and scratching noises coming from the attic. And, um, you know, I would hear heavy footsteps walking through the house at certain times, and there wouldn't be anyone up at that time. Another thing that was... um, disturbing about that is that most of our house was carpeted except for the kitchen which was tile floor so to hear heavy thudding footsteps coming down the hallway like was kind of impossible to do since it was carpet and there was another night uh, we had bunk beds and I slept on the top bunk And I remember hearing a knocking noise coming from the closet when all of a sudden one of the sliding doors started to slide open. And, you know, that was all that happened, thank God, but it still, you know, scared the shit out of me. Another time I was like in our closet trying to get some toys off of the shelf when I looked up and saw that the the opening to the attic was open, like the square panel had been pushed up and moved over, but no one had gone up there or had gone into the closet. So again, things are starting to become more alarming. Now, around age 10, I got to the point where I wanted my own room. So my parents decided to move me into the middle room. Now this room is the worst room in that house, in my opinion, because that is where the activity escalated very quickly. Uh, Not to, you know, or I guess I'd say shortly after moving in there, um, I started to feel like I was being watched like intensely, and it would follow me all over the house. I always felt like there was someone there when there wasn't anyone else there, and I was always filled with these feelings that I was in danger or that something in the room wanted to hurt me or worse. Now, one thing in particular that made the middle room even more terrifying was that the small closet in that room did not have a door. It didn't have a curtain. It was just wide open. And at night, the closet would be so dark that it felt almost like maybe it was a portal to somewhere else. And every night, I would feel this presence come out of the closet into my room. 
And I would feel that it was just, you know, again, intensely staring at me or, you know, looming nearby, um, just waiting to attack me. Now, when all of this was, um, you know, escalating, I developed this uh, habit of always opening the shower curtain um, every time that I'd go into the bathroom, which absolutely drove my parents nuts. And, but I, I couldn't help it. I always felt every time I'd go in there that this thing was on the other side of the curtain and I just had to open it to make sure. Now, this one night in particular was probably the most terrifying moment that I had ever had with this entity. I was fast asleep when I was jolted awake by the sound of a full-grown man screaming at the top of his lungs right in my ear. So startled, I opened my eyes to see this entity leaning over me with its face right in my face. Now it was in this moment that I got a really good look at this thing and it was horrifying. Again, it had those disturbing, sunken in, um, you know, hollow sockets for eyes. It didn't have a nose or mouth and it was in the shape of a human, but you could tell that this thing was not human. It was pretty tall. It was very skinny and bony and its arms were very long and lanky, like abnormally long. And it appeared to be covered in these small patches, um, what appeared to be like moss um, all over its body. And it had kind of these little random patches of hair sticking out from the top of its head. Now, in this moment, I thought I was going to die. Like, you could just feel the malevolence and evil like oozing out of this thing. And I literally thought this thing is going to tear me apart and kill me. So of course I scream, I cover my face and just like that, it disappeared. So after this encounter, I was extremely scared. Like I'm like, I had never felt um, so unsafe until this happened. But again, I thought my parents aren't going to believe me, so I still kept it to myself. Also around this time, my dad had become a pastor and had started his own church. And it was after this that I noticed the activity spiking even more. I was hearing and seeing shit all the time uh, once my dad started his church. And, you know, I would catch these quick glimpses 
of this figure, uh, you know, moving down the hallway or, you know, just moving right past the door out of the corner of your eye and things like that. Now, at age 12, my parents announced to me and my brother that my mom was pregnant with another boy. Now, we were over the moon about this. We were so excited. We were going to have a baby brother in the house, and we just couldn't wait. But when my brother Regan was born, my parents moved him into the middle room, and I moved to the the room on the opposite side of the house. Now, part of me was a little relieved because I, since I did feel like that room was the worst room in the house, I was like thankful to not be in there anymore, even though it didn't really matter where you were in the house because the activity was all over the house. And the other part of me was extremely worried for my baby brother. So over the course of a few years, nothing had happened, uh, especially to my baby brother. Like he, you know, hadn't been attacked or anything like that. And nothing seemed, you know, out of character um, for him. Uh, He didn't seem like scared or anything until he was about four years old. And this one day, it was like the middle of the day, broad daylight, I was babysitting him, and he came to me and asked me if I could go into his room with him to get some of his toys. So me, being a typical teenager, I'm like, why can't you just go get your toys yourself? Like, why do you need me to go with you? And his response struck me. He said, because I'm scared. And I thought, oh shit, here we go. So I asked him, why are you scared? And he told me reluctantly that he was scared because there was a man in his room. So I'm instantly mortified. Like, this thing is now appearing to my baby brother and terrifying him. And, of course, I went with him into his room. And, you know, nothing was there. I didn't see anything. But I was definitely alarmed at this point. And it was shortly after this that my baby brother started... um, developing this habit of sleeping on the couch in the living room. Like, he wouldn't sleep in his room. He never wanted to sleep in his room. And even if he would fall asleep in the living room and you would take him and put him in his bed, he would oftentimes wake up and come back out to the couch. Now, before anything else could happen, my parents were like, Hey, we're moving. So I was 17 at this point, and I was like, oh, thank God. Like, this is our saving grace. We are moving to a new house. This thing's going to be stuck here. We're going to be free. It's going to be all good. But shortly after moving to the new house, I realized 
that I was very wrong. I started experiencing sleep paralysis, which I hadn't up until that point. And it became so frequent that it was at least once a week. And I do believe after everything that sleep paralysis is a paranormal thing. I know it's always been up for a debate whether it's paranormal or just like this physical thing in your body going on. But every time that I would have sleep paralysis, I would see this entity specifically. And it would always be standing in the closet. Sometimes it would be standing in the corner. Sometimes it would actually be walking towards me. And it was just absolutely terrifying. So after this, I developed the habit of closing all the closets. No matter what room I was in, I would close the closets. And that seemed to deter this thing just a little bit. Um, after doing this, um, especially regularly, um, I wasn't seeing the entity as much. Like, strange things would still happen in the house, but I wasn't really seeing this thing. Until this one night, one of my cousins decided to sleep over at our place. Now, we were staying in my room, we were sleeping on the floor with our sleeping bags, having the full slumber party fantasy. When in the middle of the night, I wake up and look towards my doorway and this entity is crouched down there in the corner staring at us. Now, my first thought was like, am I really seeing this? Uh, Is it just the darkness playing tricks on my eyes? And just as I was thinking that, it stood straight up as if it was about to walk right into the room. So I frantically try to wake up my cousin, and as she wakes up, the entity was gone. Now, that was the last time that I saw the entity for a long while. And now we're going to move into after my graduation. So this is 2011, the summer of 2011. I started to become more open with my close friends about all of these experiences that I had been having. And it was at this time that it became apparent that some of my friends and people that they knew were having experiences with entities just like the one that I was seeing. And it just kind of opened a Pandora's box, like um, just knowing that people were seeing and experiencing the exact same thing that I was. And it was definitely comforting, but also disturbing, knowing that, you know, these things are out there and they are real and they are targeting all different types of people. So, like I said, in a different episode on the series, we will dive more into Mary Jane's personal experience and other experiences um, with friends that we mutually share and their stories. 
So when I started college, my parents came to me with a pretty good proposal. They still owned our old house and they had been renting it out to different tenants to make, you know, some extra money on the side. But it seemed like um, the tenants wouldn't stay there for very long. Like everyone that would move in never really, they wouldn't stick around for more than a year. It was always very like they would move in and then they would move out. So my parents came to me and asked me if I would like to move into our old house with a group of my friends and, you know, we could just rent the place from them. Now, this was a deal that you just couldn't pass up. Like, the rent was going to be affordable, and I knew that by doing this, I would be helping my parents out. And even though I was reluctant, just because of all the trauma that I had experienced there with this thing, I agreed to it. So, myself and three of my buddies we're going to be moving in. There was Mike, there was Ben, and there was Jordan. Now, Mike and I decided to move in like a week before Ben and Jordan because we wanted to fix the place up. Uh, We wanted to, you know, repaint all the rooms and just make the place our own. So the first night that we arrive, we quickly realized there were no lights in the house, which was weird. The only light that there was was in the bathroom. Luckily for us, we had brought a standing lamp with us, so we used that, uh, you know, in every room that we would be working in. And if we would have to go to other parts in the house, we would take the lamp with us. Now, as soon as we got there, I just beelined for the middle room. I closed that door and I locked it. You know, just hoping that that would somehow help and that nothing would happen. But again, I was wrong. As we're painting in my brother's old room at the end of the hallway, Mike had gone to the bathroom to get some more paint. And when he comes back, he asked me, hey, did you go into this room right here? So I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And he told me that the door that had been closed was wide open. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, that's weird. But no, I did not go into that room. And I was kind of dreading like, oh, please, like, Is something going on here? Am I going to have to tell him? So I just simply go to the room, close the door, and lock it again. A little while later, he goes to the bathroom again to get some things. And again, he's like, hey, the door is open again. So I was like, okay. And as I went to go shut the door and lock it again, he asked me, you know, What's what's going on with this room? Like, why do you keep shutting the door and locking it? Like, this room specifically. Is there something wrong in there? So it was at that point that I decided to tell him everything. And to my surprise, 
he didn't really care. Like, he was kind of just like, oh, yeah, that's, like, super creepy, and I'm sorry that all of these things have been happening to you, but I don't really think it's a big deal. I'm not worried about it. So I was like, okay, good luck, buddy. So a few days after that, I had to go to the house by myself uh, to continue working on one of the rooms. And as I was there, I started hearing the knocking and scratching noises. And at one point, I did hear the heavy footsteps coming through the house directly to the room that I was in. And I was just like, you know what? I cannot be in this house alone. I'm not going to do it. So I called Mary Jane and one of our other friends, Cody, to come stay the night there with me that night. And nothing else really happened after that, but they did admit that they felt pretty creeped out, like that something was off there. So it was just nice that, you know, they were there for me and that I didn't have to be alone uh, working in that house. So the week after, Jordan and Ben moved in and Mike and I, you know, finished fully moving in. So now we're set. We're all here. We're all in the house. And shortly after that, the activity spiked again. We were all hearing things, seeing things. Um, You know, we would all go out somewhere and we'd come back home and all of the cabinets and drawers in the kitchen would be open. Even the ones that didn't even have anything in them. So we're like, no one would open those cabinets anyway, but every single one would be open. We would always turn off all the lights in the house whenever we would leave and we would come home and the lights would be on. Doors that were closed would be open, you know, all the typical haunting stuff. Until one night, Jordan and I were the only ones at home. And we were in the living room on the side of the house, just watching TV and chilling, when we hear this loud banging on the front door. Now, the front door of our house was this, like, heavy wooden door So you would have to knock on it pretty hard, especially for someone to hear you on the opposite side of the house. But we heard this heavy banging. And, you know, of course, we're like, what the fuck is that? So we go to check it out. We get to the front door. And as we look out of the window right next to the door, we realize that the porch light wasn't working. And we could see what appeared to be Mike standing directly in front of the door. But because there was no light, we could only see, you know, his, his figure. You know, it was all, he was all black, but we could tell that it was Mike. So before I could open the door, Jordan was like, hey, did you just see that? And I'm like, no, what? And he said, oh, I thought I saw something like, go past the hallway. So I was like, oh, okay. well, that's weird. But I went to open the door, and as I did, Mike was not standing at the door anymore. Instead, he was standing in the middle of our front yard, 
again, just facing the house. And he wasn't moving. He wasn't saying anything. And of course, I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you acting weird? And I thought maybe he's drunk or I don't know. But before, you know, we got a response, Jordan tapped me on the shoulder and he was like, hey, look, Mike's car isn't here. So, you know, I I look around and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. His car is not here. And when I looked back to look at what we thought was Mike, it was gone. Now, after this, we were both super creeped out. Um, And I think, you know, Jordan didn't really say much about it after that, but you could tell that he was pretty creeped out by seeing that. And shortly after this encounter, my roommates reported to me that I started sleepwalking, which I had never done before. And they said sometimes they would find find me in the kitchen, like stuffing my face with food and like saying things that didn't make sense. And it became a thing that was happening almost every night for a few weeks. And after all of this, we all decided, you know what, maybe we should all move out. So we all started to get things in order. Um, to move back out of the house. We were all going to go our separate ways. And Mike told me, or, you know, opened up to me about something that had been bothering him especially. He told me that when he was a child, he would have this reoccurring nightmare of him sitting in a dark room in front of a TV screen with this creepy menacing man like dancing in the TV he described him as being very pale with a creepy menacing smile and black shades on and he said that he could never remember what this thing was saying to him but all he knew is that this thing wanted him to let it out of the TV. And he said, you know, he hadn't had that dream again since he was a child, but it was something that still haunted his memory. And he said, after we had moved into that house, he started having that nightmare again. And he said the fear that he would experience after having that nightmare just seemed to intensify more and more every time he would have it. And he told me, you know, I think it's because of whatever's here. It's like kind of using my own fears against me and is causing me to have this reoccurring nightmare again and again. So now I'm like, okay, this thing can now, I don't know, affect people's dreams And it just became even more alarming than before. So after this, we all move out unscathed. And I think this is where I'm going to leave it for now. 
I thank you all for listening and stay tuned for more creepy shit to come. Bye.